Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, it's going to be a busy 8 o'clock hour hanging out with you on the fan live from the drivehubler.com studios. Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle going to join us here in just a second. Andrea Kramer going to join us in a half an hour. She is the PC interview with Jim Ursay, And then Dio Odangbo, uh, sack master number 54, going to join us at about 8.40. Matt Taylor in the 9 o'clock hour. So let's get it going. Pacers head coach Rick Carlisle joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. Morning. How are you today, sir? I'm okay. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are fantastic. You know, before we dive into the basketball, the Orlando game, obviously, and look forward to tonight in Atlanta, I wanted to give you a chance just publicly again, I guess, uh, first time on our air on the show here, to talk about Drive and Dish, the program uh, to defeat hunger here in Marion County. Uh, it struck me, some of your quotes talking about hunger being a moral issue, and I saw this stuff yesterday, and I thought I have to ask Coach if we have him on Tuesday uh, to just tell his side of the story and how, uh, why he wanted to get this initiative going. So I wanted to give you a chance to do it, something that seems uh, pretty awesome for the uh, for the community, Coach. Well, thank you for that. I, uh, you know, this is an opportunity to address a problem that is not just a Marion County problem, but it's a, it's a countrywide, worldwide problem. But more specifically, uh, 25% of Marion County is affected by food insecurity and it's not that there isn't food available it, it's it has more to do uh, where we live with the inability to get the food to the right people in the right places and so uh, when I first got here two plus years ago I got with Corey Wilson who's uh, our VP of community relations and 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 I said, look, what it, what are the needs here? What are some things that we could do? We, we talked about a lot of different things. I believe there's an article out um, by Greg Doyle, who mm-hmm. was at the press conference last week, who who mentioned that originally this was something I was going to be doing with Frank. And when when he was let go, we had to we had to change change course a little bit. But um, Steve Simon, one of our owners, um, stepped up big. The Colts organization stepped up big. Um, Pacers Foundation stepped up big. Um, a gentleman that I've met uh, over the past year that was just interested in getting involved with so- something with the Pacers in the community named Clay South, who uh, is, a, uh, is a gentleman that served in Iraq and has an amazing story. Um, you know, he was in a room where a grenade went off. He was actually shot in the face. Um, and it has had over 150 surgeries, and, and he now leads a company called USA Upstar, which is a worldwide disaster relief uh, company, and he lives um, near Greenwood, and so he's become a friend and a supporter, uh, along with Mark Boyle, um, the voice of the, the Pacers, and a gentleman named Joe Sunderman, who uh, owns all the local 
uh, Penn Station uh, sub shop. So, you know, we've got over five hundred thousand dollars committed for for this year. Um, you know, I've done all the all the the the, the, the walkthroughs and the runthroughs as to how the logistics of this are going to work. Uh, Gleaners is is uh, an organization that's extreme is going to be extremely helpful, and nine thirteen logistics is is going to be the our, our point people for delivering the food, and so that's great. As I've said, as I've said, I, I you know my my goal, uh, I, I would love for this to be a million dollar a year effort um, in Marion County. I believe we can do it. I know there's there's a lot of great companies, corporations in Indianapolis that uh, that may want to get involved um, that that are in a, in a in a strong position financially, and we would love the help. So. Uh, thanks for giving me that couple of minutes. Um, we're excited about the program. Everything starts in in, in January on January fifteenth, so um, it that's should great. be very good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we'll have a Mark retweet that from the Pacers getting the drive and dish initiative there. Rick Carlisle spearheading that here locally. Um, coaches, you looked back on Sunday, and I guess either broke down film late Sunday night or early Monday. Uh, what were you left with exiting that performance against Orlando? When you stink, you stink, um, and it's on all of us. We all own it. Um, very, very disappointing. Um, you know, a lot of people are coming up with a lot of reasons why it why it happened. Um, you know, long layoff, sitting on a big win for four and a half days, whatever. Um, in the stage that we're in, you know, we're <laughs> you know, we're, we're we're in a in a situation now where it's a discovery situation. We're learning things about this team. Um, I didn't like what we learned uh, about that game. And, uh, you know, I'm as responsible for anybody. So we're looking to turn the page. You know, we're in Atlanta tonight um, with an opportunity to get another in-season tournament win. It's going to be a very difficult game. Uh, Atlanta's a very good team that is sitting on two losses and have been for three days. Uh, sitting here preparing for us, and so we got our hands full. But uh, you know, with a with a young team that is looking for opportunities to play in meaningful games, um, this game in Atlanta couldn't come at a better time. As a coach, and again, Rick Carlisle with us here, as he said, uh, from Atlanta right now. It's a seven thirty tip. Pacers and Hawks as they go for the in season clinch here of the top spot in Group A tonight. Um, as a coach, is that something you like to sit there and you want your team to literally sit down and watch like film with you and you're going, I, I don't know, piece by piece, or you really want to you know, break down a lot of film from the game? Is that something you like to flush? How do you treat you know, rare, rare occurrences like what you saw on Sunday? It varies. It's not always the, the same. Um, you know, yesterday we were up against it a bit time-wise. We had an early departure because of Atlanta traffic, and I like to get the team settled in a new city um, earlier than later. And so, you know, yesterday our focus was on Atlanta. We're going to do um, a film, you know, a, a, a not too long film session at our meeting this morning, addressing. You know, it's really we've got to approach this as a, a teaching opportunity, and you know, with with today's players, it's important to, sh- to show them what it should look like, um, why things happen, and how to fix them. Um, one of the really disappointing things is 
to be able to make adjustments from game one to game two of that Philly miniseries last week. Um, have you know one of the biggest wins we've had you know the whole time I've been here uh, last Tuesday night, and then to lay an egg like we did on Sunday. And so you know there's there's a teaching opportunity here. We got to stay positive with these guys, um, but a lot of it's going to be look here here's here's what happened. Here's here's why it obviously why it can't happen, <laughs> and then you know here's our third team playing their ass off in the fourth quarter and, you know, making up a, you know, a lot of this huge deficit and they're doing the things that we should have been doing right from the jump. So we'll, we'll take a short look at it. Um, and then we've got to get ready for tonight. This might be a corny thing that fans say, and, and I don't know, and Rick Carlisle with us here on the fan, was it them just dealing with praise, a young team that got pats on the back for a couple days after that big win in, in Philly? Do you think that led into what you saw on Sunday? It's hard to say, Andy. I, you know, I, I could sit here and make up that excuse, sure. and you know, you know, plenty, plenty of others. Um, but you know, I, it's just it, it's simply a, a fact that it's 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 one game. It was embarrassing. You know, there was some booing from a crowd that you know has, has been phenomenal for us. And and on the other hand, in the fourth quarter. A lot of the people that stayed around in the fourth quarter <laughs> were chanting defense, defense <laughs> when, you know, Jarris and, uh, you know, and Shepard and um, Wara was out there, you know, the, the, and, and Isaiah Jackson. You know, the, these guys have, have not been playing much at all. And sure. so that's where – that's 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 an example of why Indiana is a beautiful place to, to play and coach. So um, – but look, we gotta. As I said, we all we all own it. We gotta take a as short a po- as possible a look at it, and then and then move forward. He's Rick Carlisle. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pacers back in action tonight. It'll be seven thirty tips each of the next two nights. Actually, uh, they'll come home after the game in Atlanta, take on Toronto here before Thanksgiving. Um, it seems like your guys have really embraced the in season tournament publicly. They have not, you know, kind of shied away from. Oh, it's just a another game have you felt that internally is that something you as a staff have tried to or is that pretty organic within uh within the locker room pretty organic within the locker room um we we have not minimized it as a staff for sure we we've we've talked about it you know these are this is an opportunity for you know real meaningful games in in november and december and so you know we're we're excited about it and i think if you if you do any homework on it and you know, get get a little bit of the lay of the land on it. It's it's really a great idea, and um, <laughs> you know, it gives it gives teams, you know, like you know, up and coming teams like ours, an opportunity to get into some really important games and some some games that are receiving a lot of attention. And look, you can you can say what you want to about the courts. You know, the the, the fact that players have been slipping some. We had a lot of slip, slipping in our first game. At home, um, and I know the league has done a lot of things to to address that, uh, just in terms of you know treating the courts and getting them as, as clean and, and and unslippery as possible. Um, you know, people are talking about this thing, and it's it's in a lot of people's conversation. And um, you know, every you know, I don't know of any team in the league that wouldn't want to check you know, check their ticket to Vegas. And so, you know, we got an opportunity to do that tonight. At least, at least that's how it looks. 
but this is going to be a very difficult game, and uh, we're going to have to be really good and really right. Yeah, I want to talk about the game tonight, whether it be Murray and Young, that backcourt. Uh, I'm a big Hunter fan as well there at the three for them. What, uh, you know, what issues does Atlanta pose tonight as you're on the road and looking to bounce back after Sunday? Great guard play, as you mentioned. Um, I think looking at their last five wins, losses, uh, numbers in in wins, both Trey Young and Jante uh, Murray are scoring, you know, up upwards of high twenties in points, and I think there's an eight to ten point difference in losses. So, look, the, the stats are probably not super meaningful, you know. Yet, um, it used to be that after ten games, you could look at the stats and say, yeah, you know, this is really starting to make sense, but. With how much scoring kind of goes up and down and and so forth like that, it's it's um, it's probably a little bit early. But if both those guys have have really good games, I mean, it's going to be really tough. They've uh, they've made some moves with their team. Jalen Johnson, who played a lot of G League last year and played a little bit with them last year, has stepped into the starting four position. And he's averaging fifteen and eight and shooting you know over forty percent from three. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Hunter's a good player. Capella's a good player. Okongwu, you know, they bring, they bring Boganovich off the bench. He's a, he's a very good six-man. Uh, they can score, and uh, they're an aggressive defensive team, so we're going to have to read the game the right way. Again, this is probably a stupid question for Rick Carlisle, but Trey Young will shoot from 35 feet. How do you defend that? What do you tell your guys? Maybe, maybe you don't want to say that on FM radio, but, you know, this guy will come across the logo and shoot from the logo, and you know that's going to be the case tonight. I have three words for that. Hope he misses. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and you get the rebound. You know, listen, it's, it's it, you know what he what he does is you know I mean this is part of the Steph Curry effect on on the league and and the the Dame Lillard effect on the league. I mean these guys <laughs> these guys have made shooting thirty five to forty foot shots. Um, you know, a, a commonplace everyday thing. And it's really, I mean, it is, it has revolutionized the game. And so the, you know, one of the other big problems with him is he's shooting 10 free throws a game. Sure. So if we can keep him off the line, you know, that, that goes a long way as well. But Atlanta is always a difficult team to play because, um, you know, he can, his, in his passing is, you know, as a, I, you know, him and Tyrese Halliburton in the same game. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of of the ability to pass the ball and see things in the NBA game, I mean, this is a game you want to watch. Yeah, that's without question. Uh, you get any uh, Adam Sandler interaction in? I Ooh. saw he was playing a little pickup at your guys' practice facility last week. No, I missed him. I I, uh, I was on my way out uh, in the afternoon. He was he was coming in. They um, <laughs> were playing pickup, I guess, over it over at the practice facility. Um, but I'm a fan, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's close friends with, uh, happy Walters. Who's, who's one of our consultants. And, um, you know, I know, I know his show was terrific and sorry, I missed him. It's been a, you know, over the last few weeks, it's, there's been, been some, and even last year, some really interesting people have, have come through, you know, we had Letterman last week. I think we talked about that a little bit. Adam Sandler last year, we had 50 cent. We had, um, Will Ferrell, right? Will Will, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. That was, that was terrific, you know? And so, uh, (laughs) 
um, it's you know it's it's cool stuff. Uh, okay, so KB said the movie Big Daddy is what came to his mind when he thinks of Adam Sandler. So I'll put you on the spot, Coach. When you think of Adam Sandler, I guess what movie or what show, what comes to your mind immediately? Like the first movie that pops in your head is what? Well, that's easy. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. See, I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, the running, the running, sw- the running full swing, you know, the running John Daly wind sure. up swing, I mean, is, I mean, is an all time classic. It's, you know, that, that movie is somewhere in the realm, you know, of Caddyshack. I don't think it, it quite gets to that level of, you know, iconic golf movie, but it, but it's, it's pretty close. damn close. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really pretty, it's really pretty awesome. Yeah, it was just that initial voice. When he came on stage last Wednesday, Big Daddy was the first <laughs> one. Obviously, you talk about iconic moments. Happy Gilmore speaks for itself. Well, Co- when, you're, when, you're, when you're talking about a movie where, where the, the star of the movie punches Bob Barker in the face. <laughs> I mean, I mean you've got to give that strong consideration. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah, the price is wrong for uh, for Mr. Barker on that one. Uh, Coach, have a great Thanksgiving as well. I know, obviously, two back-to-backs, but we really appreciate your time throughout the last month plus and looking forward to continue it throughout the season. And like Andy and I said, awesome work with the drive and dish stuff. Uh, good luck tonight, and uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Take care. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, great stuff. Rick Carlisle joining us there. Coming up in just a couple minutes, Andrea Kramer going to join us. She sat down a couple weeks ago with Colts owner Jim Ursay and some uh, interesting stuff coming from that. I'm sure that'll be a conversation piece over the next couple days. And then uh, Dio Odengbo going to join us at 840. What are you looking forward with Dio, uh, with Dio to talk with him about? What's like your number one question you want to ask him? Well, obviously he had a great game in Germany. You know, he's certainly, it's, okay, I was that experience. A bunch of family members, 13 um, of them there. Yeah, you know, he has got the Nigerian descent and a lot of people that live in Europe. Um, so, you know, I think for him, that's one that, I don't know if I have the Kenny Moore sister feel to it <laughs> from Charlotte in that game against the Panthers, but um, he's a guy that's really come on as of late. You know, I think he was kind of budding for a little bit more of the actual production. Um, and I think he's definitely had some moments in October and early November as well. And a huge game. And you, you just... When DeForest Buckner commands as much of the attention, as much of the double teams that he welcomes, that should open up opportunities for other guys. Uh, and I've said this before, you know, Chris Boward loves, loves, loves Dio Dangbo. Loved him as a draft pick. Kind of envisioned a little bit of a, you know, New York Giants Super Bowl defensive lineman with the versatility and the height and the length. 
that Diodangbo brings. And here in year three, a critical year, I think you are you are seeing it from. Does Dio know how much Balor loves him as a draft pick? One of his know. favorite over the last seven years? That's maybe, a good question. Maybe yeah. we need to find that out. Maybe yeah. that's what we need to find out from him. <laughs> and then Andrew Kramer again going to join us here uh, any minute. Uh, she's the one that interviewed Jim Mersey. You obviously uh, have heard us talk about that here on the show today. That'll come out tonight, 10 o'clock on HBO. You can stream that. Pretty eye-opening interview uh, from the Pro Football Hall of Famer with the Colts Are owner. we supposed to call it HBO or is it now just your son's name? Is it just Max? What, yeah, what do I we, don't know. What You're do streaming we do that with on that? Max. Well, I mean, why, why the change? The HBO hard channel. Okay, that's what I... Okay, that, okay, that makes sense. I mean, like, just go, man. digital side of it. Keep it HBO. HBO's one of the iconic... Names isn't out there HBO in broadcast, isn't that what the? Ah, just Max now. Just Max? It, it was HBO, then HBO Max. They eased us into it, and now it's just Max. I was trying to think back to our Hard Knocks days <laughs> when the Colts were on Hard Knocks of what we were watching. Would there. you want the Colts to be on Hard Knocks next year? Oh, I enjoyed it. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know if it was one of those things, we don't need Absolutely the distraction, no, no, get no. the cameras I, away I'm and all, everything else. I'm all about behind the scenes. Hey, listen, you, you know I am. You get a little bit of drama along the way and everything else, you know You know I'm good to go. I have, I have no problem with it. So we're getting Andrew Kramer here. Uh, we'll talk with her uh, in just a second. Again, she's joining us now. Dale Dangbo going to join us coming up at 840. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, going to join us at 9 o'clock. Andrea Kramer does join us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. She got to sit down with Jim Ursay and some of that uh, sound and video is making the rounds. You can catch that tonight at 10 o'clock on HBO. And Andrea, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Uh, we are fantastic. Living the life. Uh, it's such a great week with Thanksgiving and all the sports and everything else happening. I guess let's start here, having uh, seen your piece, and, and obviously the teaser is out with Jim Ursay and everything else. Uh, why now? Why do you think Ursay would be interviewed now? And then did you think it would be as candid as it ended up being? Well, first of all, I have always found Jim Mercer to be one of the most interesting and genuine, <clears throat> pardon me, characters in all of sports. And you guys know him, and, and you guys have your feelings for him locally, but I think nationally it, it's, it's been a little bit different. So I've been pursuing this for a really long time. Um, the Colts have always been great about the request and have always just said, this isn't the right time for it. And then, as you point out, suddenly it became the right time. And I think it, I think it reflects where Jim is in his life right now in terms of uh, sort of acknowledging that he's lucky in many ways to be alive. He's going to live his life as he wants, and he's going to say what he wants, uh, he's going to speak his own truth. And I think tied to that is the kicking the stigma initiative that he and the Colts have uh, he, that have instituted and that's very dear to his and his family's heart, which is basically trying to destigmatize substance abuse issues, mental illness issues, uh, certainly the, the former that he and his family have suffered from uh, pretty extensively. Andrea, outstanding work. Again, it's going to air tonight at 10 o'clock. We were fortunate to watch a sneak peek of it last night and came away uh, just really in awe, and I thought you did an outstanding job in kind of handling everything with him. Um, 
I guess, how much did you know, Andrea, about his life story, and how much did you find yourself sitting in the variety of chairs you sat in for, uh, I mean, how you interviewed him in multiple places, and think to yourself, oh, wow, I I, I didn't, I I didn't know he would go there. I didn't think he'd share that. Um, To your last point, yes. Uh, There's, there were times when I did not think he would go there. He would not verbalize. He would not say what other people might think, but it's going to come out of his mouth. Uh, listen, uh, Peyton Manning had a very kind of funny but uh, accurate comment. He, he said something along the lines of, Jim does a run-on sentence better than anyone. There's a lot of commas and semicolons, but not a lot of periods. Jim likes to talk at stream of consciousness as an interviewer. It's sort of anathema to interrupt somebody. But I, I was even kind of given some uh, advice, quote unquote, quote unquote, advice by the Colts brain trust. You got to interrupt him because he's going <laughs> to kind of go off ramps like seven times in one response. But amidst a lot of Jim's rambling are some real gems, and you got to listen hard, uh, and you have to you have to wait for them, and you have to follow up with them. Yes, I've known Jim for several decades, but uh, I think that no matter how much prep work you do, that it's never the same as having somebody in the chair, and in Jim's case, in multiple chairs and multiple places. And the other thing, guys, as I think you'll you'll acknowledge, is that. He's been profiled in print, but I think this is, excuse me, I think this is probably the first long-form TV news magazine segment that he's done, and television is just different. You get to see someone, you get to hear someone, you get to look in their eyes, and you get to have a different feel for what somebody is thinking and saying when, when you actually hear it. She is the Pro Football Hall of Famer. She's Andrea Kramer. Again, you can find this tonight, 10 o'clock. You can stream it on HBO. Find it on HBO or HBO Max. You can stream it. Find it on HBO as well. Uh, you brought up Peyton Manning. I, I'll be totally honest with you. You know, I've covered the Colts for over a decade now. If you had told me, okay, Jim Irsay's going to have a tell-all, if you will, and you know, kicking the stigma, obviously, has been such a prominent thing over the last few years. I would have said, oh, wow, uh, that's a, a, a tad surprising, but not the most shocking thing in the world, because I think Jim Mercy really, to your point, wants to be public with this. If you would have told me, though, that Peyton Manning would have sat down with you and not just make a cameo, I mean, you asked him several questions that I was yeah. frankly stunned that Peyton a- answered, because I view Peyton in such a politician, especially in regards to Ursay and the Colts. So if you don't mind, walk us through your interactions in getting Peyton Manning to say yes and answer some of the questions that you tossed his way. I have to. I completely agree with you. Uh, believe it or not, we were sitting in the green room at Lucas Oil Stadium, waiting for Jim to arrive for the the big concert that we were with him at uh, the kickoff concert. And my amazing producer Maggie Burbank says, "Why don't we tr- Why don't we try to reach out to Peyton?" And I look at her as though she has four heads. <laughs> and I said, "No, no, I'm, I'm serious." And I, you know, I I know Peyton obviously, and you know, worked with him his whole career, covered him his whole career. And I said, there's no way. I, I, I mean, there's, there's no way. But I live in a world, we live in a world where ask the worst somebody could say is no. And truthfully, guys, I emailed Peyton directly, you know, not through any handlers. I emailed Peyton directly, but then a half an hour he responded back. I'm in. What's your deadline? Wow. We come to Denver. Do you want to do it at my office? Do you want to do it at the Broncos? What do you want to, how much time do you need? And I was stunned. Hmm. And because, 
to but to your point, as we know, Peyton has uh, no surprise develop this media empire, but he still doesn't do a lot of one-on-one sit-down interviews. And I think that it speaks to the relationship he has with Jim, the respect he has for Jim, and that he did uh, make the comments that he did and answer what he did and show the humor that that he did. Uh, But I I think my my impression, and and I, I never really like sharing my impression about a story because it's all about you guys, it's about the audience and what you guys think, I will say, though, that I, I feel that the, the care that, and love that he has for, for this man is, is pretty evident. And, uh, but, uh, but certainly he was, he was as candid as, uh, as I would ever hope for. Andrea Kramer with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, just fantastic stuff for sit down with Jim Mercy again. Ten o'clock tonight on HBO. You can find that the arrest nine years ago in Carmel. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it combative, tense is the way that I would put it. When you're sitting there, when that interaction happens, what are you thinking and what did you make of that part of the interview? Obviously, at least locally, that is you know already becoming a story. Some of his quotes. Yeah, look, uh, to Jim's credit, when he agreed to the story, he volunteered to me without me even having to say anything. I'm all in. You can ask me whatever you want. <laughs> and truthfully, that is, a, uh, that is a credo at Real Sports, which we, we always say, which is we have to ask. You don't have to answer. But we, we never set parameters on interviews because you can't. Once you sort of open journalistically, once you open that Pandora's box, you, you just can't close it. You can't promise anybody you're not going to ask something. Again, it's up to the subject to want to talk about it. So we, we certainly, uh, it was clear where we were going to go. You're, you're telling, we're not doing his life story, but we're certainly telling a story that has a timeline, and that does include it. And we had to ask him about it. And Again, I I can't say what I was anticipating, but in terms of uh, his reaction, he was very vociferous about it. Uh, what we see in the story is is obviously a, a, a I think a significant exchange with Jim, but he doubled down on it. I mean, my my follow up question to him, I don't want to say it gave him an opening to hear his words and maybe amend them, but he chose not to do that. And he, it's the one time in the interview that he did get very, very animated. And I, I want to, I, I don't know if I want to characterize it as angry. Again, let, let you and the viewers can decide that. But he kept saying it over and over again, what he, his contention. So it wasn't a one-off. And um, we wanted to absolutely make sure that it was portrayed as accurately as it was. Because, again, we have to ask the questions he has to give. He has to speak his truth, and that's the point. Is he spoke what he says are his facts and is his truth? And um, again, at the end of the day, I, I just give somebody anybody a ton of credit for doing that, but I give extra plaudits to someone of his stature who is going to say the things that he did. And again, it's not. It's not that I just questioned him on. Did this happen this way? It's do you know how this is going to sound? And that's when he really doubled down. Yes, and I don't care because I know it's, it's the truth. Again, I, at the end of the day, I just give him a lot of credit for his honesty.
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think both parties, frankly, you for asking it and following up like you did, and then him for being as candid, even if those comments, obviously, um, certainly a bit jarring. Andrea, we cannot thank you enough for the time this morning. Um, obviously, we were able to see uh, the 15-minute uh, um, Real Sports, and it, it was outstanding. Uh, it defines journalism and shows why you are a pro football Hall of Famer. So thank you for that. Thank you for the time this morning. Have a great Thanksgiving, and appreciate uh, you hopping on with us. Kevin, Andy, really appreciate it. Thanks for the great questions and the conversation. And as you point out, it's a 15-minute story, so people may see the excerpts, but watch the story, and it'll be streaming on Max. Isn't am I supposed to say that as well? Yep, yep. To you, to all your listeners, your families, have a lovely holiday and stay healthy, and I hope we chat again soon. Best to you, Andrew. Thank, Thank you. you. That is the great Andrea Kramer right there on the Payless Flickers hotline. That was Again, fantastic. A happy Thanksgiving to her. Uh, I, I think what she just said at the end as well. This is much more than just what you're going to see in that big time social media clip. So encourage people out there to catch that. And Andy, in true great radio I, fashion, bring in number fifty-four, KB. We, Go we ahead. Let's, from let's keep one them coming to another. <laughs> from a he journalist is, to a to a pass rusher, I, I, he is. I, I, is it fair to say he's <laughs> fresh off of the three set game? Let's go. I, I know it's. Better. A while, but Dio Adengbo, off of that three-sat game in Germany, joins us now. Dio, good Tuesday morning to you. Welcome back from the bye week. Hey, Don. It's good to, it's good to be on here. Thank you. At Dio, three sacks against the Patriots. I won't get into, I frankly thought you should have won AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He was campaigning for you. Don't yeah, worry. He I, campaigned for Kenny Moore the week before he campaigned for you after New England. Don't worry. Burned all my genie wishes on Kenny Moore there. But uh, let's go back to Germany. And, you know, it wasn't maybe Bernard Ryman sentimental value. But, you know, Andy brought it up earlier. You had a lot of family in the building for that one that, you know, haven't seen you play stateside for those that might have missed that and not just the three sack performance uh, could you explain what the what that experience was like for you from a family standpoint playing in germany yeah it was amazing uh i was able to have some of the most family i've been able to you know have watched me play you know i have a ton of family overseas so i have family that flew in from london uh some that live in germany um and they were able to uh, come to the game and be able to see me play for the first time. And for most of them, it was their first time seeing any type of football, you know, uh, live. So it was an amazing experience to be able to, you know, get the win in front of them and be able to play. I mean, they had to think you're you're pretty damn good. Uh, you had three sacks <laughs> in that game. They probably had to leave there thinking, man, our man Dio, he's awesome, right? What did they say to you yeah. after the game? And they see you guys win. They see football up close. And they see you being such a huge part in the win. I mean, that had to mean a ton, I would imagine. Yeah, no, it was amazing. It was, it was really an emotional experience, you know, uh, with my little cousins and, you know, kind of just how they see me and just trying to set an example and be a role model for them. So it was a super emotional experience. And it was, it was, it was amazing, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about flying them out to every game. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot of miles. Whole section of Lucas Oil on Sunday for that. Yeah, you'll you'll be flying right. first class with all those miles wherever you want to go. Uh, right. Dio Dangbo with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, we'll dive into some football. Obviously, you guys are in the midst there, right in the AFC. Uh, Tampa Bay coming up, Lucas Oil on Sunday. So I want to ask you some football stuff. But uh, what does a football player do on his bye week? Do you watch games? Do you just rest? Do you travel? a little bit what uh, what did you do when you guys had you know a week and a half off or so yeah everyone's different you know a lot of people travel go see family uh for me i just kind of rested um 
I watch for me I watch football all the time. So I caught all the Sunday games, Saturday college football. So you know, it's still fun to be able to have a week to where you could just kind of watch it as a fan. So did you red zone? Did you go red zone? Is that how you watched it? It depends. I flip between red zone and then specific games. Okay, on which games getting getting hot? Who I want to see play? Football junkie here. Well, in, spe- in, speaking, in speaking of college, a guy next to me, uh, Kevin Bowen. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up. Oh, it, you it, well, I mean, it's it's the enemy. He went to Tennessee, Georgia on oh, Saturday. No. How about that? Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, don't want to watch Tennessee play ever. Well, never. you had to be happy about Agreed. that uh, about that performance yeah. at least, yeah. Dio. You know, You're definitely happy about the outcome. Right? If Vandy can't get a win, Tennessee losing by a million is probably next. Hey, hey man, Vandy, we had a bye week, so we won the bye week. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I do like Clark Lee, by the way. Uh, Dio Dangbo joining us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Dio, I, I want to go back to, I, I don't know, maybe it's just not Sunday. It's pretty much every week. But there was a moment in Sunday's game against the Patriots where, I forget if it was after sack one or sack two or maybe even sack three. But I'm watching a three-down sequence of you, and you move to a different spot on the defensive line every single play. It was, you know, and one time and whatever. Three technique another time or wherever. Um, if you were to, you know, casual fan comes up to you and asks you, like, what position you play, how would you explain the variety of roles that you do have on the defensive line? I always just say I play defensive line, you know, when someone asks me what position I play, you know, I really can't say I'm an end or a tackle, just all across the line, wherever, you know, there's a good matchup, wherever I can help the team, so... For me, just an all-around defensive lineman. It's probably always been this way in your Colts career, but do you notice the amount of double teams for DeForest Buckner and realize this is just a beautiful one-on-one opportunity that I'm about to get here? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got a player like Buck. You can't you can't leave him single-blocked at the end of the day. It's just it's going to be a bad it's, – it's a mistake to leave him single-blocked. So, you know, he's getting double-teamed a lot, so having those opportunities open up for everybody else, I mean, it's – you know, it's tough on him, but it's a, it can be a blessing for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a blessing for you. That That's what it is. Yeah. It's going to be a blessing for you. You're halfway through year number three, and it feels like uh, you're breaking through. It feels like you're taking your game to the next level. Do you feel that way? And I guess what kind of work goes into taking your game to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel myself improving and growing, and I felt that throughout my career just as far as, staying consistent through the work, staying consistent through the highs and the lows and just, uh, you know, kind of sticking to the process. So I feel like uh, they kind of, it kind of shows up in bunches how that, uh, that work kind of pays off. So, you know, I was blessed to be able to see a lot of production in Germany and, uh, you know, in some other games. So just continue to stick to that work and, kind of looking at the end of the season and seeing where we are. He's certainly emerging here in year three. Number 54, Dio Dengbo. Again, three sacks against the Patriots. The Colts back from their bye week here this week. It'll be the Bucks coming up on Sunday afternoon inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. All right, Dio, Thursday's Thanksgiving. Um, if I had to pick a position group and attend a Thanksgiving meal of said position group, Ooh. the defensive line would easily be atop the list. I think we all saw easily. the Hard Knocks episode with Grover Stewart and the kitchen right. sink wings. Um, I believe uh, we saw the schedule release with Buck and Grover Stewart also doing a lot of eating in that. Uh, if we were, and I don't know, maybe you guys do this already, but if I were to attend a defensive line, Thanksgiving, what am I walking into? 
I mean, you're walking into a feast, you know. We got the best eaters on the team, man. We got the best cooks on the team. So uh, everybody likes to, everybody likes a good meal on the D line. And, you know, we got some guys who can get in the kitchen and throw down. So it'll be, it'll be a good meal, you know, full of laughs. You know, we got a, a bunch of great personalities. So it'll be fun. Are you whipping the dish up? Oh yeah, I'm definitely in the kitchen. I'm definitely in the kitchen. I'm one of the. I'm Tell us the, more. Tell yeah, us yeah, more. Do, do you have a specialty? Do you have a go-to? I mean, I, I, I have an all-around. You know, it's kind of kind of like playing D line. It's all around. You know, wherever you need me to need me to show up, I'll show up. So whatever you want to, whatever meal you want, I can make it. <laughs> okay, you know, Pro Bowl voting is like starting that. here in a few weeks. Give us your top three Pro Bowl cooks in the Colts defensive line room. Okay, if I if I'm giving you a one two three list, I need a ranking. Well, I mean, I'm the best cook, number one. That'll be me. I know Grove and then probably Taekwon, probably S3 mm. right there. Okay. All right. You guys are talking. DeForest Buckner looks too healthy yeah, to me. He doesn't look like yeah, he just, yeah. he's too fit for me. <laughs> okay, but uh, would the offensive line be angry at the conversation you guys are having that, that we're having right now? I mean, they're known as the eaters, right? Is the offensive line known the hog mollies? That's what they call them, the hog mollies. I think they're too sloppy. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they just, they'll eat anything, you know, you gotta, it's about the quality, you know, over here on the D-line, we, we, we whipping up great dishes, so. Look at that, high-end quality, versatility, as Dio Dangbo alluded to, not only yeah, on love the field, it. but off the field as well. Dio, hell of an effort against the Patriots, I'm sure that was pretty darn cool to see all the family there, um, and I guess, just lastly, I, you know, throw it out there, what was Germany like? I know it wasn't a long, long trip over there, but what did you make of your first international game experience? Yeah, I mean, it was a fun experience. I mean, obviously, we didn't have a ton of time to explore over there in Germany. But, uh, you know, from what I saw, it was a fun experience. Uh, you know, they have a, a great culture. And it was, uh, you know, a lot of the times we were able to go out was kind of the evening time. So it was kind of darker. Kind of had a little kind of gothic vibe. So, But it was cool. It was a cool experience. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd definitely like to go back overseas and be able to play overseas. Stadium sounded loud as hell. Yeah, it was it was definitely loud in the stadium. The game was uh, fun. The the fan atmosphere and and uh, you know the attendance and the energy they brought to the game was fun. Can Dio Dangbo here in year three, seven to go for the Colts in twenty twenty three, and they are certainly on the fringe of that playoff picture. Dio, have a great Thanksgiving, great close of the season. Thanks for the time on this uh, Tuesday morning. Have a good one, Dio. Thank you. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Dio Dangbo right there, Payless Liquors Hotline. I agree. I think D-line just a little – I mean, you're still going to get a meal and a feast and a variety of things. The the O-line, they just seem a little sloppy. When you said that, you said by far the defensive line. I I, I I agree with that. I kind of looked at you like I kind of – I kind of had not a shrug, but I I don't know. Was like I got hit my shrapnel or something. I said, "What?" I go, "The offensive line, you know, they're known as the guys. They'll eat an entire pork butt." Like, are, are you, you serious here? You're going against the O line. You, you, you know. did look a little cross-eyed. <laughs> and for those that I know have asked, we're probably about a week oh, away man. from from what mayo. Plop it, Mark. Oh, he's not ready. Yeah. yeah. He, nor should he be ready for the we plop. We are probably a week he's away. He's got to pull up the page. Again, Colts and Bucks this Sunday. Next Sunday, Colts <laughs> at Titans. Did, did Will Mark, Levis yeah, did under Mark, Did Mark center. say, hey, I found mayo with lime juice in it on Monday? Didn't it, he it say was, that yesterday it, off the air? It was at the grocery store. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Duke's Mayo, which is the, which the is brand good. that we participated in. Sure. Uh, but it was, yeah, with a hint of lime. And I, I was like, now, how will the aerodynamics be with that and plopping into the coffee.
about like that. Should probably. be this. The lime shouldn't change too much of the gravity there. It should fall off the, the spoon and into the acoustically. <laughs> that Jim Irsay collection would love to hear those acoustics. The lime oh, probably isn't helping though with the vinegar flavor and just the overall taste of the mayo and the coffee. You know what we should do? We should interview a reputable. Emmy award-winning journalists like Andrea Kramer right before we plop the mayonnaise in the coffee. Yeah. Just to show our range here Might in the morning the of, of the fan. Integrity. <laughs> that was that great. One. That was a great 25 minutes. To begin with. What are you talking about? I really enjoyed both of those. So great. again, that'll be up on the podcast as well. Matt Taylor going to join us in a few. The man that I feel like has been rumored to be fired for his entire <laughs> career Finally. as offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think I can hear Mike DeCourcy screaming and yelling and rejoicing about this one. Matt Canada finally just got Ugh. the axe from well, that's Mike bad Tomlin for the Colts and company. The Colts will see the Steelers here coming up in less than a month. Am I wrong? Do I feel like and Matt Canada? By the way, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's a former IU offensive coordinator. I mean, Matt, yeah, Matt Canada. No one wants Matt Canada was probably the most hated coordinator in the NFL over the last two years. Like the Bills had a little bit of that with Ken Dorsey, but last year you didn't feel that way about Ken Dorsey. And Matt Canada has been disliked for. I mean, for a couple years, uh, he you know he had the very forgettable stint in college football as wow, well. Wow, he went to New Pal. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's, so, he's real local. Yeah, so Matt Canada done, and that's not good, by the way, for the Colts. You would want Matt Canada to stick around for a couple more weeks. Yeah, New Pal product played at IU, coached at Butler, coached at IU. Hey, I remember him as a coordinator more than anything there. Yeah. Um, Tom Allen's going to bring him back. Well, we'll see how that goes coming up. All right, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, 9 o'clock hour. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's been a fun show, hanging out, 9 o'clock hour. We're in the drivehubler.com studios. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dighton producing today. If you miss any of Rick Carlisle in the 8 o'clock hour or Andrea Kramer in the 8 o'clock hour or Dio Dangbo in the 8 o'clock hour, catch it all. Podcast Center 1075thefan.com. Well, let's keep it going. Let's go back on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Matt Taylor, Mayte joins us here, uh, voice of the Indianapolis. Colts, Matt, good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm good, fellas. What's up? Oh man, we're just busy today. You're like uh you're like our post game show right now, like a smoke break, Matt. Uh we're taking a <laughs> taking a breath after uh three. Is that straight... a compliment? Yeah, I mean okay. to me it is. Right, yeah, yeah, I, I mean I a smoke I, break, yeah, I would think is a you know, I mean, something people enjoy. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm with you, Kevin. I don't, I'm not sure how to react to that. I know. I was a little, I was a little startled, uh, to well, be honest say, with well, you. I didn't say what we were going to smoke, but, you know, well, I'm getting it. Uh, okay, well, I want to know how the trip was. That's number one. And then number two, it's a bye week. What does uh, what does a NFL play-by-play guy do on his bye week when his team's not playing? Tell us that. So Germany was good. Germany was kind of a – looking back on it now, it was very much like a blur. You know, we were only there for just a little over 48 hours, and it's so jam-packed with practice and media stuff and getting ready for a game and some team events and going to the stadium and scouting out your location. It, I really didn't see a whole lot of Germany, to be honest with you. So that was yeah. – it was good. It was fun. Um, and then as far as a, a bye week, I actually – I told my wife this um, over the weekend. I said, you know, this is the th- Thursday night was the first time I had watched Thursday night football all year. Really? So that was a bizarre experience because normally, you know, Thursday's a night where you're you're – you're prepping and game planning and stuff like that and reading and, and just getting ready for the game on Sunday. But it was a uh, a welcomed reprieve to, to be able to watch football as a fan all weekend, whether it was NFL games on Thursday, college games on Saturday, and then watch Red Zone on Sunday. It was really, really fun. Were my eyes deceiving me? Did I see something that like you you called a high school game on Friday? And 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 I did a high school game on Friday. Yeah, the IHSAA called and um, they needed a they needed a body to do Decatur Central and Bloomington South, and that was I mean that's eight miles from my house. So I rode over there on Friday and called that game. And uh, yeah, prep prep for those. I mean that was a great game. I mean high school football. Not to get all like philosophical on you guys, but like I did a I did a game of the week every Friday for almost a decade. And just just to see high school football evolve and the sophistication in the game and the coaching and the players and how much you know bigger, stronger, faster, and just, again, I, I use that word sophisticated. High school football is awesome. So, yeah, I had Decatur Central and Bloomington South. Decatur Central pounded them up front. They're going to the state championship game for the first time since 2018. So congratulations to them. It was it was fun to, to get back to uh, the high school level, if you will. It was cool. Now, will you do any say final games coming up or now that we're back in the swing of things NFL wise you will not yeah it's going to be tough again they asked and and I love doing it I wish I could but with with the short week and um you know getting back into the swing of things in terms of 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 game planning or game prepping and then we're we're going out of town late in the week uh Friday Saturday for family so that's that's going to take me away from being able to do those games at at Lucas Oil but and any chance that I can do those games in the past over Thanksgiving weekend I do just because it's it's so much fun and I mean to those kids it's it's the biggest games of their lives. I mean, I played in two of them. I can attest. It's it's an unbelievable feeling and experience. Yeah, we'll have them all right here on our airwaves. Again, the odd classes starting at 11 a.m. on Friday. Even classes starting on Saturday. Greg Rakestraw, who will certainly be on the call for several of those. And I think Scott Agnes as well. Both of them are going to join us tomorrow. Um, all right, Matt, Matt Taylor, Voice of the Colts, with us right now. Matt, it almost seems like, and I don't know, maybe you don't know this, maybe you would know this, it almost seems like it's turned into an annual thing for the Colts to play at home Thanksgiving weekend. Like, I, I'm used to the Pacers and the lighting of the tree game, you yeah. know, Friday night, you know, the NBA allows for that tip to be at 8 o'clock, you know, so downtown kind of have a spectacle of it. Is that like, that might just be useless knowledge that you don't want to look up and or don't think it's pertinent to the broadcast, but no. um, knowing you, I don't know, maybe it's something that you've thought about. Is there any like, I feel like it's like the eighth year out of nine or something like that, the Colts play at home on Sunday of Thanksgiving. No, see, I, I think it goes back even further than that. And once we get off the horn here, I'll I'll double check it because I've always thought about that. 
since since I've been with the team, you know, working for the team directly since 2012, we can go back even further than that once we get off the phone. But I'm fairly confident since I've been here, the Colts have hosted a home game the weekend after Thanksgiving every year. Really? So that's, that's at least whatever it is from 2012 to wow. 2023. The team's got to request that, right? I mean, there's no way that that just... I, I think you're, you're probably right on that. I don't know for sure. I, mean, I don't know and why. It, I mean, I, I don't know like what would be the intrigue necessarily, but I mean, maybe just they, they want to capitalize on a big big weekend in town, and, sure. and knowing too now that the, the Big Ten championship game is the following week. Oh, that's a good point. Always, they're always out of town the following week, so maybe they want to have you know a home game or not not go a long time I should say between home games maybe maybe that's a factor into it as well but yeah I don't know definitively the answer on that whether or not the Colts you know declare to the NFL kind of prioritize that weekend saying we want to have a home game I just know that it always works out incredibly well for me um, not having to travel that weekend and we're we're blessed to be able to do all, all the family things for Thanksgiving because the Colts have a home game. But yeah, every year since 2012, maybe it goes further back than that. But every year I've been here, we've had a home game following Thanksgiving. Matt Taylor with us here on the Fan Voice of the Colts, joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, you look at this passing game the last couple weeks, uh, it hasn't been good, but they were able to play good defense, some timely plays on offense, and they were able to beat some not so good teams, obviously. In the Carolina Panthers and the New England Patriots. So, you know, the last week or so, KB and I have been talking about finding Minshew and, you know, a little bit more consistency in that passing game. What do you make of the passing game and what do you think the Colts worked on the most here in the bye week? Well, probably, you know, you're self-scouting. There's no doubt about that. You know, you take a reflection on how we got here, you know, what's what's working well. And if we were to play the Colts, you know, if the Colts were to essentially have an inner squad scrimmage, um, you know, how would you how would the how would the defense beat the offense and vice versa? And you know, I just think there's a formula, guys, to win a football game every single week. And yeah, the Colts aren't putting up twenty five points per game in the last two in their wins against Carolina and New England, but they're finding ways to win the football football game and I think that's a credit to Shane Steichen knowing that hey in a game like this where our defense is humming and we're playing two really you know downtrodden offenses it's it's imperative right now for us to to run clock you know that that's what New England wanted to do they wanted to win the game 12 to 9 you know or or 10 to 7 just like the Colts did um so you have to kind of play into that and 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 use that against them and that's exactly what the Colts did they ran the ball effectively enough um for time of possession and some crucial moments um, and they they didn't put the ball in harm's way and I think that's you know that's so important we, we talk about last year you know Kevin I know you and I have had this conversation how many more games would the Colts have won last season I know it doesn't matter now it's ancient history when they're 4-12 and 1 but how many more games would the Colts have won last year if they just end some of those drives and in punts instead of turnovers and I think that's really important these last two games for the Colts just being smart with the ball not putting in harm's way and not you know creating any momentum and any spark for the other team and that's what the Colts have done and the defense is playing terrific ball right now but 
I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see the Colts get back to some explosive plays on offense again, knowing that there's a way to win every football game. And you know, the, the last two wins have been very you know unsexy, kind of unpopular in terms of fantasy football and stuff like that. But you know, a win is a win. You don't apologize for anything. But I think you're gonna see some more explosive plays, some more pushing of the ball down the field uh, for Downs, who sh- hopefully should be close to 100% healthy. I mean, obviously this time of year you're never you know exactly right the way you were reporting for training camp, but I think a week off uh, should help him. It should help Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr., and I think the overall health of this passing game is kind of g- going to come back intact uh, post the bye. And you look at what uh, Tampa Bay has done, you know, defending things the last couple of weeks. I mean, they've got some really good players on that side of the ball, but collectively, they're not a good defense right now, and they're giving up a boatload of yards through the air, so maybe the Colts can kind of tap into that and take advantage. Yeah, well, I want to kind of expand on that if you don't mind. Again, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts with the Sierra Palo Sickers Hotline. You know, I said something to Andy yesterday, Matt, where I was like, if I look at this on paper the rest of the way, this might be the easiest game the Colts have. And I think Andy was a little surprised that I said that. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, maybe I, I, I should have pumped the brakes a little bit. But I guess part of the reason why I said that was you mentioned the banged up defense right now. They suffered some very important injuries on Sunday to that defense. They are the worst rushing attack in the NFL. So I look at it and think, okay, no Grover Stewart. We saw what New England did. Well, on paper, Tampa doesn't seem to be too potent in that realm. They've lost four of five and they're coming back from a West Coast trip against San Francisco. Now, having said that, Part of where I do pause, I think to myself, Matt, is this the best quarterback whiteout group (laughs) combo the Colts will see the rest of the season? And I know the bar might be low after the Joe Burrow injury with that, but if you look at Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and even throw in rookie Trey Palmer, and obviously the Colts secondary, you know, there have been some question marks, haven't really been tested there too, too much here as of late. That's Mm -hmm. where I do sit there and think, Kevin, you might have been a little too early in making that statement. How much do you think that is of concern this week? Well, you look at them, yeah, they've got premium players like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and, and Baker Mayfield is, he's a really good, you know, for all the things that people want to criticize Baker Mayfield for, he's a really good, you know, under pressure quarterback. Both, you know, physically under pressure, right? When when you know he's good against the blitz, he's good against um, you know teams kind of heating him up. He's good in the fourth quarter. He's good in the second half. Um, so he's a really good kind of back against the wall type of guy. Um, believe it or not, um, so he, he's not. You know, a, a guy that's going to be confused with a top ten quarterback, at least not as of right now. And he's had his ups and downs um, throughout his career in the NFL. But you know, he's still a a quarterback that has been through the battles of an NFL season, and he's savvy. And you know, reading stuff on on Tampa Bay going into this game, there's guys within that offense, really all over that locker room, that love playing with him and playing for him as a leader on that on that offense. Um, but yeah, the, the ball basically goes to three different people. It goes to Evans, it goes to Godwin. You said Trey Palmer, who they picked up in the sixth round at Nebraska at the wide receiver spot. They really don't run the ball very well, like you mentioned, Rashad White, Chase Edmonds. You know, they're consistently under 80 yards. Um, you know, as, as an offense, they've been under 20 points in five of the last six. So, again, you know, if this defense can continue to play well like they have in each of the last two games coming in and get some pressure with Dio Adengbo coming on and Quiddy Pay and DeForest Buckner continuing to wreck things in the middle of that defensive line, this should be a game where the Colts can take care of business. But 
how many times in the past have we said that, right? They're one and four at home. They've let some obtainable games slip away. Cleveland, uh, New Orleans, the overtime loss to the Rams. So, yeah, it's it's shaping up to be the the, the, the final seven games are shaping up to be something that the Colts can hopefully get on a run and negotiate. But this is the NFL, man. Like, I, I say it every week, you know, there, there's a reason why, um, you know, the, the best teams, you know, lose a quarter of their games and the worst teams win a quarter of their games because they still have great players. And, you know, defensively, Tampa Bay, like I said, they're going through some injuries, uh, some some tough times right now. But let me look at the roster. Vita Vea, uh, Kalijah Cansey, Shaq Barrett, uh, Levante David, if he he can come back and play. Antoine Winfield. They, there are game records everywhere, and it's kind of deceiving. Their four and six record, and believe it or not, you look at the NFC South. It's still very much you know obtainable and, and gettable for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they can get on a run. They're only a game out of first place, um, so it's it's a huge game in terms of urgency for both teams going into this one on Sunday. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, with us here on the Fan. Uh, yesterday, Coach Steichen mentioning Jelani Woods. You know, young tight end. Uh, injured his other hamstring while rehabbing a hamstring, and that's it's disappointing for me. I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do end of last year into this season. How disappointing is it for the Colts, you think, that Jelani Woods, probably a pretty good chance he's not going to play this season? Yeah, it's it's real disappointing. I mean, if you would have – going back in, like, March in, in free agency and, and the combine, some of those draft conversations, guys, we, we talked about, you know, who, who from, from 2022 to 2023, who are your um, guys that can push the ball down the field? You know, those chunk play guys, you know, large uh, yards per catch. It was Alec Pierce and it was Jelani Woods. And to not have that throughout most of the season, or in this case for all of the season, um, minus a couple of practices – in training camp, um, yeah, it's it's really disappointing, you know, for, for what he could could have done for this offense and just his you know personal development, you know, his individual growth as well. I mean, he's going to be in some ways kind of starting from scratch um, next year with all the time on task that he's missed in a sophomore campaign, if you will. And I remember talking to him in the off season, doing an interview with him, and he was really he was full of confidence and and the right kind of confidence um, after his rookie season. You know, some some explosive moments, um, some some big catches, some big you know, touchdowns inside the red zone. He was excited to build off of that. And again, it wasn't cocky. It was confidence, you know, saying like, if you line me up as a traditional wide tight end, I can take advantage of, of linebackers and nickel corners. If you line me out in the slot, I can beat safeties just because of the, you know, the physical attributes that I have and, you know, the speed, uh, the good hands, and just again, the, that, that frame that he possesses. Um, you know, the Colts have definitely missed that. If you look at their tight end core on the season. I think Kylan Granson is their leading uh, pass catcher from the tight end group with only 17 on the season. So it's been kind of an up and down season in terms of production and health and availability from that group. And, you know, Jelani Woods could have been a, a steady force there. And just to not have him uh, is, is a loss for this offense. But I think more importantly, it's, it's a loss for the individual growth for Jelani Woods in his second year that it looks like he's not going to have at all. Got a Thanksgiving hot take? Ooh. Oh, man. Um, yeah, like is something overrated? Like someone will come out and say, you know, mashed well, potatoes are overrated or something. Well, from 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 the day standpoint... I, I never mean, want I, to talk to that person, by the way, ever again, if agreed. that person's out there. Agreed. Andy. I know I don't have a leg to stand on this year, but I've always been an advocate. Like, let's get the Lions off of Thanksgiving. 
I mean, they're great now. Oh, they're eight and two. But I, I never understand. Dan Campbell's those. built for the first Thanksgiving game of the year. That's what I mean. Like this year, it's great. Nobody's complaining about it. But let's kind of rotate the early window game out of Detroit. All right, if I'm just being honest. But um, I think I said this last year. Like I'm not a big Thanksgiving food guy. Like the menu on Thanksgiving, that's it's the only time of the year where anybody makes that particular dinner. That's so true. I mean. You know what I mean? Like, why why do we stick to it? So my family, we've gone completely outside of the box. Um, we get together on Friday, so most of us have already had a traditional Thanksgiving meal the day before. So instead of, like, doing round two, you know, the sequel version of that, which no one really likes that food anyways, we just go, like, either all Italian or we do a hibachi. Oh, yeah. We kind of mix it up. So we Now, we I together. like this. This is this is my type of – the pilgrims were built for this. this That's right. I like so we, this. We get together in the spirit of, uh, of, of Thanksgiving, but we – we we fill our our palates with with other uh, with other eats, if you will. I love that. It's a melting pot here. Uh, Charlie chimed in though, Matt. Last Thanksgiving weekend away game for the Colts. Great work by Charlie on this. Two thousand nine. Wow. Oh, yes, wow. I mean it's been a long time. And I what mean, was it? Really Steelers. Long. I remember Luck had a concussion and Tolzine started. They they played Thanksgiving night one year yep, at home. Steelers. Yep, that was the Steelers. What game. was that? Sixteen, seventeen, something. Sixteen probably. Yep. If Luck was supposed yeah. to play so yeah it's it was crazy six, man it, it was 16 it was uh, 28 to 7 yeah tolzine had 205 yards jordan todman 37 yards <laughs> doesn't that there seem like <laughs> 25 years ago god you wonder why i had a hair procedure here recently <laughs> to try and get this figured out all right matt great stuff brother we will see you i guess tomorrow and um yep. obviously have a great uh great thanksgiving man you guys too i enjoy the show and uh, happy thanksgiving to you guys whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.